This season, the Old Gold Club and Wolves TV Matchday Live are powered by Blythe Group. An industry-leading construction company and family-run business since 1982, driving investment and infrastructure across the UK. Blythe Group's mission is to provide an unrivaled service based on innovative, bespoke building solutions and comprehensive customer support. If you're a skilled tradesperson and you want to join the team that powers our team, contact their bases in Wolverhampton, Manchester or Maidenhead via theblythegroup.co.uk. Blythe Group. Big enough to deliver, small enough to care. Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group, official partner of Wolverhampton Wanderers. So hello there and welcome along to Old Gold Club, my golden game a series where we are talking to ex-players managers fans about the memorable matches and moments that mean the most to them uh we are delighted to have on sylvan ebanks blake how are you pal i'm very good thank you thanks for having me um i'm asking this to everyone really i guess kind of just how are you at the minute yeah, good. I mean, I guess the same as as a lot of other people around the world, really. Just just locked down, just trying to um, stick to the rules, obviously homeschooling the kids and um, just trying to keep the brain occupied, get out and do a bit of daily exercise. And, you know, things are starting to calm down a bit now. But, um, but yeah, the same as everyone, really. Because uh, I, I can't imagine you as a school teacher. No, no, it's not easy. And I've got um, various ages. So I've got a four-year-old, five-year-old and a ten-year-old. And the ten-year-old sorts of get, gets on with it and uh, the younger two just have to get creative. They're learning sort of groups of numbers and things like that. So get creative. You can only do about an hour uh, with their full concentration and then just let them play out and enjoy the weather when it's nice. And that's all you can do. Just try and do your little bit, you know? Yeah. Um this is going to be really interesting, actually, because you kind of narrowed it down to two choices, and I have to make you pick one, but the choice is yours. I know I tried to push you in one direction, but I'm going to give you the chance, if you want, to go the other way. It's up to you. I think um, I think we'll stick to the, the selection that you pushed on me, but um, you know me, I'm never one for sort of self accolades like that you know it's always the, the team that comes first and the people behind the scenes that people don't know about but on the odd occasion you have to you have to relive some of the good personal moments that you had and I guess this is one of those occasions so the 29th of March 2008 Charlton away what is it about that game that made you choose it well, first of all, it was my birthday weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a big one. That's the priority. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was my birthday weekend, and uh, it was like a, a sort of early evening kickoff live on Sky, and uh, it's just a game that, that sticks out in my mind very well, and a lot of the fans remember it as well. So it's uh, fond memories. So it was, as you say, an evening kickoff. 
it, uh, in a season that maybe hadn't quite gone to plan. You'd not been there that long by this point, had you? Yeah, no, no, no. I'd not long joined the club, and um, there was a sort of transition going on. I think um, there was a few players there that, that probably needed to leave, and there was players that probably Mick had his eye on bringing in the new season. But um, so it was a mix. Um, but we had some real good characters. We had a mix of experience, some young players that were coming through from from all different leagues uh, throughout the country. And um, uh, you could see what Mick was trying to do uh, in terms of that young and hungry um, ethos that eventually you know, got us to me. But by the point you go to that game, I guess kind of pressure's on because you, you just... You're in the fight, weren't you, for the playoffs? But you needed to you needed to win some games. Yeah, definitely. I think if I sort of cast my memory back personally back to that time, I didn't really. I was in a zone. I was sort of fearless. I believed in what I could bring to the team personally, and um, I knew we had some really good players uh, and a good management and team behind us. So, I guess. The pressure for me personally wasn't there. The different players in the team would have, would have viewed it differently at that time. But for me, but for me, it was um, just about getting out there, another game, um, another opportunity to try and get three points and put a few goals in. Because your goal scoring run leading up to that, I know you got a couple against Southampton. You got one away at Burnley. You got a penalty and the three-all draw against QPR that kind of immediately led to it. It'd been a, a you know, this was your fourth game on the bounce that you hadn't been beaten. At this point, I imagine you're thinking, actually, we've got a real chance of getting top six here. Yeah, definitely. I think we all believe that we could get in the top six. Um, we knew that we knew that we had some some experience in the in the squad. Uh, we knew we had some good players that were hitting good form at the right time, and um, we were all sort of. Um, we, we definitely believed we could uh, we could get into that top six and have a good sort of playoff run. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that didn't happen, but um, it wasn't from um, a lack of belief. You scored two goals in this game. We'll get to the second one in a moment because everybody always talks about the second one. Yeah. But I know. In a way, you're almost as proud, if not prouder, of the first one. Yeah, I've, I've said this uh, a lot of times. That I prefer the first... I say prefer the first goal. I, the first goal gives me more satisfaction because it's something that I worked on from a very young age on the training ground, day in, day out. And to see it come off on the stage, which is where you want to do it, on the big stage, is gives me that personal satisfaction that you know practice makes perfect you know the more you practice the more you work at something the more likely you are to execute it on match day so that uh, you know looking back at that that goal it really gave me a, a lot of satisfaction yeah. left footer as well wasn't it left foot yeah um but that's what i prided myself on one and two touching in and around the box quick get my shots off quickly and give the keeper no chance and that goal was just that. It was one motion and, and you know, and it gave him, you know, it's a, for me, it's, it's, it's a proper striker's goal. Because you, 
because that's interesting though that you know you view it in that way because i guess i mean i've said this to you before this is this is nothing new but kind of the arc if someone said to me what's the archetypal sylvan ebanks blake goal i'd be like six yards out back to goal swivel and bang yeah yeah not necessarily the goals that you scored in this game yeah exactly but but even that goal, if you if you watch it, it's it is a swivel, touch with my right foot, left foot, shot, you know, and um, they're the types of things when you're doing drills in training with TC and the other coaches and stuff. They're the things you're working on when you're going through cones and someone's wrapping the ball into your feet. It's getting it out of your feet quickly and getting the shot. So, you know, looking back at that goal, that is that's that's. Years and years of training, but months and months of training at, at Wolves with the coaches and striking coaches over the years. That's all that just instinctively happening in one motion on the football pitch. Is that a confidence thing as well? Um, I think I think practice brings confidence. I think the more you work at something, the more confident you are uh, at doing it and executing it. So for me, like if I know that I'm if I know that I'm working every day on my first touch and holding up the ball. It doesn't become a confidence issue to me. It's like, it's like I know I can do this. I work on this every day. It becomes second nature. You stop thinking about it, and it just happens. Um, and especially for a lot of my Wolves career, especially in the Championship, um, that is the mode I was in. There was nothing outside of that. I was sort of tunnel vision with a with a strong belief in my technique, my ability to score goals, my holding up of the ball, and me working on that on a daily basis. To, to make it become second nature. Is that what, I, I guess, sets aside players that get to the level that you did? That I mean, almost in a way, sometimes like we don't remember the ones that go wide. Like, And if things aren't going for you, you maybe sometimes don't try certain things. Whereas it sounds like you're saying kind of, if you, if you knew that you'd trained well, you knew you could go out there and do these kinds of things. Yeah, definitely. And it, it wasn't even necessarily about training well. It wasn't important for me to train well because there's many days where I didn't train well. We played young v old on the Friday and I missed a few sitters and didn't hit the back of the net. Um, that happened loads of occasions. But for me, it was just about the repetition. It was about the repetition. And I think that's why when you come back from an injury, which I did, and you're not getting that repetition, it takes a lot longer. A player like me needs repetition. I need to be doing the same things every day on the pitch or similar things every day, patterns and routines. And then come the Saturday, if I miss two sitters in a row, I would be unaffected by it, even though the crowd might be getting on your back. And I would be completely unaffected by it because I know that you do miss chances. and But you give me another one and I will put it in the back of the net because I do this every day in training. I miss chances every day. See that would get me. It it would it would it would play on my mind. I'd be like, I've got to get I've got to get the next one because I've missed two. Yeah, and a lot of people thought like that. I never did. The only times things like that crept into my head is where is when I was coming back from an injury, so I didn't have that pattern or routine, or I was playing inconsistently, so I was in and out of the team. Uh, when you're consistently playing in the team, and you know that you're contributing to the team. You're confident you're going to be selected on a consistent, consistent basis. Those things never ever affected me in, in my career, especially at Wolves. So the second goal, if 
<laughs> if, if we all think that your goals were six yards out turning and spinning and beating people i mean it, it's i mean it, it's there's a there's a touch of the outrageous about even attempting what you did i know uh i know and um it's not something that i've ever tried before it's not something that i was inspired by by someone else by watching it it just happened all in one instinctive motion you know and um it's really hard to sort of describe this it's one of those it's one of those freak out of body moments where it all happens in one smooth motion to anyone watching from the outside it looks articulated and planned and carefully crafted but for me it was just split second decisions and it hits the back of the net and then it's euphoria and then you look back at it years and years later and it still gives me goosebumps to say like well that's crazy can't believe that that I'm that individual that did that at that occasion all these years later because it's just one of those goals that I think most strikers get one of those goals where some of them will get a few of them over their career, the greatest players, but you get some players that they get those goals, special goals, and they are sort of special moments, out-of-body moments where you sit down years later and you go, well, I was in some mood then, but to be able to pull that off and do it all in one clean motion it was just, uh, you know, it's, it's a great memory. So how many times would you have done that in training as repetition? Um, never. <laughs> never. Never. It's not, it's not something that presents itself that often, you know. Um, when I watch that goal back, you know, the nutmegs through his legs is one thing. You try nutmegs all the time, different types of it. But the second touch with my left foot is what sets it up because if I don't, if I don't get the second touch with my left foot right, I don't score the goal because that shift with the left foot allows me to strike the ball around the defender. If that touch isn't right, it goes too wide or I don't touch it enough. It's, if I don't touch it enough, it's under my feet, so I can't get my shot off. And if I touch it too wide, I'm probably overreaching and it doesn't go in. So it was like everything just aligned at that point and it hits the roof of the net. It just couldn't. It couldn't be any Because <laughs> it's also one of those where, like, most people would cross in that scenario, and like, yeah. I, I'm interested in that bit where you talk about that kind of it's not planned, that it's all on instinct. Yeah. Because that that's a that's a thing that maybe some people don't always get. It's like when you're bearing down on a one-on-one -on, -one on goal. Is there an element of almost like your consciousness takes over? Yeah, it does. One-on-one -on -one situations are some of the hardest goal-scoring situations because you've got a lot of time to think about the moment that you're in. And people, and it's always those situations where people expect you or expect it to be easy or expect you to score that are sometimes the hardest. Penalties and one-on-ones are some of the hardest actions in football. And that's why some of the greatest players miss these actions because... From 12 yards out, you're expected to score every single time. How can the keeper have a chance? On the game. shows you, you yeah. know, history shows you how difficult those situations are. But then you'll see that same person score an overhead kick or a volley from 25 yards, and you think it's just pure instinct. On the game itself, it, it's one of those where you take the lead, they come back, you score that wonder goal. 
and they come back again. Yeah. yeah. And, and then to have that moment for the second time in two games, actually, where you'd scored deep into stoppage time to to get something from a game. I mean, that's those kind of things. Normally, they don't happen that often. To have two of those moments in two games, yeah. it's crazy almost. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's probably why we went on to win that game because of it. You know, we were sort of like, you know, conceding late goals was becoming a bit of a bad habit. So, and fair play to Carl uh, to to be in that area at that point in the game. And it's it's a difficult finish. Yeah, I remember he missed one earlier on in the game that was a lot easier um, that, that he should have scored. But um, fair play for him for you know the energy, having the energy at that point in the game, the determination, and then the finish is a tough finish. And um, a fantastic cross as well from Kevin Carr. Like he puts it on a button, but um, it's still a difficult finish. What's and, uh, going through your mind when you see that it's Carl? Because uh, you were off the pitch by this point, weren't you? Yeah, I, I, I don't remember specifically, but um, I think after, I think everyone thought, what, what's Carl doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was just the, the general reaction, to be honest. Um, you know, because it, there was bodies in the way and that's what made it such a really good cross from Kevin Cole because he he had to really get it in between the defender and the uh, the goalkeeper to within centimetres otherwise the defender clears it or the goalkeeper comes out and catches it um, and saves it so it's, it's, the, it's a perfect cross but you know fair play to Cole because difficult finish and, um, and and he won us uh, you know a special game in, in Wolves history because Cole ends up in the away end where were you at yeah. that moment? Were you running we were down all the touchline? We were in the dugout erupting, I think. Yeah, I think we didn't get down the touchline, but I think we were all in the dugout just erupting. I was obviously buzzing um, just to win the game as well. And it was, you know, my birthday weekend and a few of us were staying down. So it just added it just added to that whole euphoria of the game, the occasion. And uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant memory. And in the context of what you guys went on to achieve the following year, it's sometimes maybe a bit cliche of of us in the media that we kind of look at these these moments as being pivotal, as turning points, as to what you then go on to achieve. How do you view it? Uh, The game, the Charlton game. Well, in the context of winning that game and in that manner and the belief that comes from it, and how much that then affects how you go about starting the following season? Um, I'm not sure it had. It was that pivotal. It does, of course it helps. I mean, it, it, it gives you a belief that no matter how deep in the game we are, we've still got that, that drive and determination and character to go and win it. Uh, that's definitely what it gives you. I'm not sure how much it had a bearing on the following season. Um, because ultimately the end of that season ended in disappointment because the aim was the playoffs. So I think um, I think the greater point is the character uh, that was in that team and the character of the players that stayed for the second season was huge. And um, missing out on the playoffs to then go on and win the league the way we did just shows you that, look, we missed out on the playoffs here, but we're going to come back fitter, stronger, more determined and we're not aiming for the playoffs. We're aiming to try and get promoted, but we'll do it quietly. No one will be talking about us. And, you know, we know we've got a good, young, hungry squad that will all get along, that all bond well. 
and we'll see where this takes us. Do you think it would have been too soon if you had got promoted that year? Um, yeah, probably. Looking back at it, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, um, because there were some changes that need to be made. Um, you know, key players came in the following season that I think helped the blend that we had. Um, uh, I think it was more of a Mick McCarthy team the following season than it was the previous season. Um, and it's easy to say that because we got promoted, but I really do think it was. I think it just had the right blend um, throughout the whole squad. And, um, and that's why it worked. So out of 193 appearances, 64 goals, you got hat-trick against Norwich, you got the winner against QPR to get promotion. But out of all of that, it came down to those two goals away at Charlton that was yeah. your golden game. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the QPR game ran close. Um, not because I scored the goal, but just because of the, the occasion, the pressure that was on us to to get promoted, the, the fans were really up for the game, the flags were out, it, it was an expectancy. And I think to be able to keep level as a player and just go out there and do your job and just get over the line, I think that shows, you know, because we weren't the best that day by far, but we've done what we needed to do. And sometimes that's better than the, you know, the fancy euphoric games where everyone gets excited and there's loads of goals. Sometimes the games where there's high pressure and you just stick to the game plan, execute it, and everyone's, you know, over the moon at the end of it. So that was a close second, but yeah, the Charlton game, for everything that went with it, the goals, the occasion, the weekend, the, the fact it was on Sky, you know, it was just, the whole thing was just special. Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club, powered by Blythe Group. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.